uh, try to keep the shiurim to be sort of independent and uh, self-contained, that you don't have to know anything from anything before. Although, if you you know if you've been following, so definitely it'll uh, it'll it'll mean more than than if it stands on its own. But uh, what we're going to learn about tonight is something that on the on the on the onset, right? Initially, might not seem super practical for people like us, but what comes out of it, I think, is very important to realize, and it's very fundamental in terms of chesidus, taras of al shemtiv, and so on. Okay, so last week, just to, uh, to review, just for a minute, because again, what we're going to talk about could be seen independently, but I just want to explain a little bit where it's coming from. So last week, uh, we went through, based on the Rashash and, and uh, many tzaddikim, that every mitzvah that we do really exists in five different dimensions. There's five different aspects to every single mitzvah we do, and five different, uh, five different accomplishments that you're involved in with every mitzvah. So just to review them quickly, the five different sort of uh, slots of every mitzvah. Working from most external to most internal, okay? So on the most external level, you know, is the actual physical mitzvah, the physical act itself. It's the maisa. Then you move on to the next slot, which is dibur. That uh, every that before you do a mitzvah, to say the pasuk, to say the pasuk that that particular mitzvah is coming from, and to learn about the mitzvah words. That's the second aspect of every single mitzvah. The third one was called kavana, which is that to have in mind that the reason why I'm doing this or not doing that there is because the Rebbe told me it's not because I'm cultural and this is what Jews do and I don't want to get kicked out of yeshiva or something. L'shem uh, Shemayim, the Rebbe told me to do this. And that, that, is, that is the mitzvah on a certain dimension. There's the fourth dimension of the mitzvah was machshava, which is not only I'm doing this because Hashem told me to, my entire motivation is to make Hashem happy. It's to bring the Rebbe Nachas Ruach. And not at all am I motivated at all for anything that's uh, selfish. I'm not motivated at all by anything I will get out of doing what the Rabbanishal wants. It's completely about making the Rabbanishal happy. And the fifth dimension was the, the Simchashal Mitzvah, the joy of the Mitzvah itself, the joy, the Simchashal Mitzvah. mitzvah. Those are the five, the five slots. Now, again, uh, what we're going to learn tonight is, is independent of this, but just one small Nakuda just to bridge last week to this week is as follows. What we saw last week also is in that fourth, fourth and fifth slot. In other words, that slot, what was called machshava, which is that I'm completely motivated to give the Rabbanu Nachas Ruach, not at all about me, it's all about the Rabbanu Shalom. So what we saw, the Arizal, I think it was from the Arizal, the Arizal said that in order to really do that properly, a person has to be connected to Pini Misatar. A person has to understand the deeper elements of what's happening when you do a mitzvah, to learn about mitzvahs in a deeper level. And then you'll appreciate, you'll be able to be makashi yourself to that deeper motivation of why I'm doing this. I mean, uh, you know, why I'm doing this because God told me to, but I, doesn't, I, I don't know why God would want me to do this. So if I don't have the answer to those whys of why God wants this, what am I accomplishing when I'm keeping Shabbos, then automatically my motivation is going to be more to, okay, what do I get out of this? A human being is going to want to find a reason. So if you're not, you know, if you if you don't have a good explanation of why the what the Shalom get, what, what does the universe get out of me keeping Shabbos, then my motivation is going to be tilted towards okay, at least what do I get out of keeping Shabbos? But in order to really be motivated purely l'shem shemayim that I'm trying to do this to give nachas ruch to Rabbanu Shalom and to accomplish 
what Shabbos means by the Rabbanu Shalom's, uh, whatever the Rabbanu Shalom has in mind, and I have to learn about that. So Pneum Sitar is going to be connected to that. That's what we saw last week. So to, to piggyback off of that idea, tonight we're going to investigate uh, a sugi again, and as I said, initially it might seem a little bit less relatable, but you'll see what comes out of it is very important, which is like this. There's such an idea that's called kavanas, okay? I mentioned this idea many, many times. The idea of kavanas is, is that, I mentioned, I give the example of Shabbos. Like, so when I'm keeping Shabbos, yeah, the Rabbanu Shalom told me to keep Shabbos. Why? In other words, what, what's happening when I keep Shabbos? What does the Rabbanu Shalom gain from that? You know, what exactly is going on behind the scenes? So there's a whole limud of Pnei to learn about that. And then there's an idea of kavanas, which is taking those ideas and actually thinking about them and being cognizant and being, uh, and being uh, uh, you know, and actually, actually uh, uh, thinking about them in, in, in a real sense when you're doing the mitzvah. So kavanas means the, the concept of what's going on in the, in the spiritual world as a result of my mitzvahs and actually being cognizant and actually being conscious of that. That's what kavanas are. Now, by the Mukubalum, this is what we're going to see tonight, that by the Mukubalum, that is Everest. That is Everest. If a person is able to do mitzvahs, to daven, with kavanas, in other words, while you're doing the mitzvah, you're also having in mind, mentally, the, the spiritual accomplishments of what's happening when you do the mitzvah, that is top of the mountain, that is as high as you can reach. That's mamish Everest. Okay? Now, we're going to see tonight a huge chiddish, that chassidus comes and sort of creates a different Everest, okay? Now, it might not be so uh, appreciated initially, but it's, uh, it's an earth-shattering revolution of what Hasidus does. Now, just to appreciate a little bit what the old school was, what was the assumption before the Balsham. So take a look at Maramukha number one, okay? This is from Shar Kavanis and Jushi Halaylas, from the Rizal. Okay, the Rizal says like this, something that you could learn something, a, a principle that we see from everything the Rizal was, was talking about before this, is Kinizbar Lucha, that after this whole discussion says the Rizal, the Shark of Anas again is the Sefer about Kavanas. It's talking about, it's the, it's the Sefer of application, of how the concept uh, all the concepts that the Rizal reveals in Pinus Atayra and his other form, how it applies when a person is davening and learning and what's actually happening when you daven Mincha and Mayerav and Shachras and, and so on. So at the end of the whole discussion over there, so the Rizal says like this, uh, the principle that, come, that you come away with is as follows, it's, it's become clear to you, how amazing, how unbelievably great and wondrous the mile of a person is that's able to go through the day, that's able to go through with kavanas, with being consciously aware of what Ruchnius accomplishments are being done through his mitzvahs or through her mitzvahs. That how wondrously great is a person that's able to be conscious and, and to have kavana uh, regarding all the yichudim, all the unifications and so on that are taking place in the higher world. From the beginning of Mayrav until the end of Mincha, throughout a day. Vain Suffolk, and Sedari, it's without a doubt, Shayyadeh Lachavin calls Almitasai. Someone that knows how to do this with Kavana, someone knows how to daven and do mitzvahs and being aware mentally of what's going on behind the scenes when you're doing mitzvahs, which is something that it's happening for every single yid. But if you're able to be conscious and aware of this, 
using, you know, knowing the whole complicated system of the Rizal and divine names, and the whole system of what's going on behind the scenes. If you could be conscious of that, Goyrim Shazivugim Haniskarim Nasim Al Yodim Amish. Now, this is we're going to have to explain what this line means, but he says the great accomplishment is, is that, you're eight, that we can say about such a person that all the spiritual accomplishments and the spiritual infrastructures that's being done through the mitzvah, you are actually involved in that spiritual building hands-on through having, having your, your mind mentally engaged in that. That's what, he, that's what he says. Well, we'll explain what that means in a moment. And there is no end. The, the reward for such a person is infinite. There's no one greater than that. And if a person is on that level, then you're included in that category of tzaddikim, that make decrees down here, and their words are accepted above. It's in that category of mechavnim. Of mechavnim. That's what Rizal says. That's an amazing, that's an amazing thing. Now, to, uh, to, to appreciate exactly what that means, or, and why is this so significant for a person, again, you have Reuven and Shimon, okay? They're both, they're both davening chakras. Ruven is davening shacharis like a poshet yid, and Shem is davening shacharis as a mechaven, right? So there, things are happening behind the scenes of both of their worlds, right? So behind the scenes of Ruven's world, amazing things are taking place, and behind the scenes of Shimon's world, amazing things are taking place. Ruven is unaware of it. Shimon is aware of it on some level, and that's what it means, that he is having kavanas, right? But says the result, it's not just the difference of whether they're aware of it or not. By having your mind mentally involved in the spiritual, uh, uh, you know, background of what's happening and, you know, the metaphysical universe that you are accomplishing and that you're building in with your chakras, by you having that mentally in mind, you're actually involved in that hands-on. Not literally hands-on, but you're actually taking part of that. And that's why it's an amazing thing to have kavanas. What exactly does that mean? So take a look at Marmokka number two. This is a, a piece from the Leshem. The Leshem was a great, great Mekubal from the world of the Vilna Gain, Yosha's grandfather. So he writes the following thing. And again, we'll go through it. It's, it's, uh, we might not see the whole thing, but we'll go through a little bit. And he's talking, he's piggybacking off of this, that line from the Rizal, that a mechavein, so when that's kavanis, it means that everything that's happening, all the unifications, all the amazing things that are taking place in the higher world, it, they're not just happening, but they're happening, and you are directly involved in that. So the Leshem says like this, This is the main difference, the unbelievably huge difference, between between a person that keeps Torah Mitzvah Stam, Shuba Kavana Kolos, with a general, with a general uh, Kavana, with a, with a general uh, good, you know, motivation. I'll call Mitzvah Mitzvah. Shemachav and Vaisais Laman Shema Yisbarach. That you're doing it because Rabbanu Shalom said you to do it. A very erlicha, very fine yid. He's not doing it out of habit, out of rote. He's doing it because Rabbanu Shalom told him to do it. But he doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes of Shachris. Damn, Shachris Minchamarv is the same Indian. It's the same Shemunas, right? Repeating itself three times a day for 120 years. Uh, whatever. There's a general kavana. Yeah, I'm davening because Hashem told me to. But not more than that. Very kavana close. And that one basic kavana that he has, which is God told me to do this. And that runs throughout his entire life. Every shachas mechamayrev, every lulav, every esrig, every tillin, every tzitzis, every candle lighting, you name it. That's one person. And, but there's a huge chil between that person, lebein misha to a person that's worthy, lahaskil, ladas, al kol mitzvah mitzvah befrat, 
for the person that's able to go to specifics and have in mind with every particular mitzvah as about the specific revelation of divine light that's taking place and that's being built by this mitzvah in particular and all the divine names that are being activated by this mitzvah you name it the whole complicated thing that uh, you know that I confuse people with all that stuff there's a difference between one person that just doesn't is not aware of all that and a person that is and actually has it in mind. What's the difference? So he says like this, Said the Leshem, there's a principle in, in Pinimus Tatar, which is that you are where your mind is. You are where your mind is. So said the Leshem, when you have kavana, when you have kavanas, and you're mentally aware and thinking about the spiritual accomplishments and building and activization that's taking place through Mincha, then what? Then If that's where your mind is, that's where you are. You are no longer seen as just a person living on planet Earth, shaking Luvanesrik. Yes, there's a part of you that's on planet Earth, shaking Luvanesrik, but at the same time, your mind is in Atsilus. Your mind is in a completely different dimension altogether. And when you are shaking Luvanesrik, what shaking Luvanesrik. You shaking Luvin Esrig means two things. Your body is shaking Luvin Esrig, but your mind is shaking Luvin Esrig in the form of divine names. And the, act, and the things that are taking place when everyone shakes Luvin Esrig are not just happening on their own. You're actually doing it. You're the, going into that deeper universe and actually shaking Luvin Esrig. And what, what does shaking Luvin Esrig mean in the higher world? You are doing it by having those kavanas, as opposed to them just happening as a ripple effect from what you're doing down here. You're actually doing it hands-on. That's Lashem writes. Well, the first person uh, is going into that inner chamber, chamber within chamber, and you are lighting the candles yourself, you know, so to speak. Like the candles in the Beis HaMikdash, you're going in and lighting them yourselves. And you are the one that is causing the divine light to be revealed in the higher world. Through your kavan and through your thoughts, because your thoughts are real. Your thoughts are real. Your hands are real. So when you shake with that's certainly real. But your mind is also real. And whatever you're thinking about, that's also, that's also tangible. It's also reality. So if your mind is thinking about what Luvanesrik means in the, in the highest level, then that means that you're shaking Luvanesrik on all those levels. You're shaking Luvanesrik down here, and you're shaking Luvanesrik up there. That's what's going on. And that's called. That's called hands-on. And the revelation of divine light, of God's unity, that is happening by every mitzvah, you are, you are an active participant in that process. An active participant in that process. Because you, whether you realize it or not, your mind is ascending to that place. Again, wherever you are, whatever you're thinking of, that's where you are on some level. And you are having in mind the specific divine names which are activated with every particular step of Shachras Mincha which again, is happening by every Yid, but you are, are cognizant of that, more than, so it's more than just you are aware of it, you are now actually doing that. You're not just asking Hashem to do it, you're doing it yourself, so to speak. However, a person that is not aware of all of this, wasn't zaychet to this, and he's doing the mitzvah, again, nice motivation, he's an erl chiyid, but he doesn't really understand what he's doing and why he's doing it. So last week we saw 
that the problem with that is that automatically when he thinks about what his true motivations are, they're most likely going to be s- selfish. Because if you don't know what the Rabbani Shalom gets out of your Luv and Esrig, at the end of the day, your motivation therefore is going to be easily tilted towards yourself. Okay, if I don't know what God gets out of it, at least I could think about what I get out of it. So that's one chesarin that will come up by not knowing the divine names and not knowing what God gets out of Luv and Esrik. That's number one. But number two, what the Rizal is revealing over here, is that you're actually not, you're not active in that place. You're active in planet Earth, you're doing the mitzvah down here, but, part, but the, 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 the perfection, the real big picture of the mitzvah is you want to shake Luv and Esrik in the spiritual world too. You want to shake Luv and Esrik up there. And so how do you shake Luvanesrik up there? The only way to shake Luvanesrik up there is that while you're shaking Luvanesrik down here, you're cognizant of what Luvanesrik means up there. And that's cool, shaking Luvanesrik up there too. So not only by, by not knowing Kavanas does a person uh, lose out in terms of doing things purely with Shem Shemayim, because they're easily, because without, without knowing what God gets out of this, the motivation usually is going to therefore turn to the self of what at least what I get out of it you're also not doing the mitzvah on every level. You're doing the mitzvah only down here. You're not doing it up there. So that's uh, another, another major factor. So he says like this, uh, again, um, that person that's not, wasn't zaychat all this, and it's just doing the mitzvah in a general, you know, general sense, because Hashem told you to do it. So again, first of all, that could be, Ultimately, you're telling yourself you're doing this because God told you to do it, but you're also being motivated for yourself. And second of all, you're not going anywhere else. You're just, all you're doing is shaking a physical with an esrik. And you're not, you're only getting to the chitzonis. You're not getting into the, into the penimious reality. And therefore, although things are happening, like I said, when everyone that shakes with an esrik, a Luvan Esrig is being shook up there, but Huraku Bechin is Hester Panim. First of all, for you, it, it, it's in a way of Hester Panim. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not facing that reality. You're not there. And Mespal Bistam, Halay Yevshesh Yutan Lai Bakashasai, El Barach Mishamayim Bulvad. And even if it does happen, it's because of Rachim Mishamayim. The Rabbanu Shalom says, Oh, you're such a good boy. You're shaking Luvan Esrig down here. You know what? Fine. So I'll do the other half of it. I'll do the other half. But, but you, but you're not doing it. And says the Lashem, that's not the Rabbanu Shalom wants. The Rabbanu Shalom wants us to do everything. The Rabbanu Shalom created the world. The Rabbanu Shalom, the first moment of creation, he did everything. But ever since then, the Rabbanu Shalom wants us to do as much as possible. So when Hashem said, I'm going, you're going to do mitzvahs, and you're going, to, you're going to initiate a process which is going to result in the, in the, in, in, in the world continuing and being sustained and, and the Rabbanu Shalom revealing more of himself, the more you could be active in that process, the better. Because that's what the Rabbanu Shalom created the world for, that to be active, that we should be active participants in creation. So this is what's going on. So you have two ways of doing a mitzvah. Either you do a mitzvah and you, and you, and you, you do what you did, and the Rabbanu Shalom is like, okay, fine, now I'll be motivated because of that to do the rest, it's very nice, but that's not really the tachlis. The tachlis is us to do everything as much as possible. For us to be able to be active participants on as many levels as possible. All the way, all the way to the highest level. And that's with kavanas. Okay, so as I said, th- this was always the approach from the earliest mukubalim, 
there are sources even before the Rizal talking about this. Uh, again, uh, we could spend a long time going through uh, sources about this stuff. But this is the basic approach that was until the Baal Shem, which is that Kavanis is the top of the mountain, apex. These are uh, the biggest tzaddikim in the world. And why is it so important? Why is it so special? For two reasons. Number one, through the Kavanis and through understanding what's really going on behind keeping Shabbos, you'll be truly motivated to keep Shabbos because of that and not because of selfish reasons. That's number one. And number two, more than that, like what the Rizal and the Leshem pointed out, is that by knowing and by thinking about what's happening when you keep Shabbos, you're actually keeping Shabbos on those deeper levels as well. And the Tachlis is not just to keep Shabbos down here and for the Rebbe to do the rest. The Rebbe wants us to keep Shabbos on all levels. And for us to keep Shabbos on all levels means that you have to be mentally there on all levels. Yeah. Shamus. That's it's that in over here. Kavana means uh, you know having an art school set. Kavanois means shamus like that. Kavanis. That's what kavanis means in this context. In this context. Okay. So that's all. That's all from Mukubalan. In Chesidus, we're going to see from a total sack of Yosef, we're going to see this, uh, this branches off in many different, uh, different schools and different ways and different nuances, but this becomes something else, something changes altogether. If you take a look at Marmok number three, the Baal Shantiv is not Chas V'Sholem going to disagree with the Riyak Kaddish. That's not what Chesidus is, that's not what he's trying to do. But what the Baal Shantiv does come to the world to do is to reveal a deeper dimension of what the Arizal was talking about. So in other words, what we just learned, what we just learned in terms of why Kavanas are important, that's Pshat. That's Pshat. But even, even within, within sight, even within secrets, there's Pshat and there's sight. So what we just saw now is the pshat of sight. It's the pshat of why kavanas are important. Number one, you'll be motivated l'shem shemayim. And number two, you'll be an active participant on deeper levels of reality. But there's a sight. What's the sight? So take a look at Mark number three. The Talmud Yaakov Yosef, it's in the beginning of Parashas Ve'era. He's talking about, it's a chesidish of art. He's talking about this, uh, um, it's, it's, it's actually one of these mirrors of Shabbos. It's based on, based on a Joshua of Chazal, that uh, there are certain things that obviously we, we can't do malacha, we don't do the 39 uh, acts of uh, work on Shabbos, but beyond that, there's also, also other halachas, abundance and so on, of Dabur uh, Dover, that you're not allowed to speak about working on Shabbos, even machshavis, even thinking and planning about doing some works is also recommended not to think about should be completely Shabbistic in your actions, in your speech, and in your mind. So the the word that he's going on, that he's playing with, is vagam lachshev cheshbainas. That's the that's the term that Chazal used in one of his mirrors also. Lachshev cheshbainas. So you're not allowed to think of cheshbainas uh, on Shabbos. So you know in Chassidus, Shabbos means more than just Shabbos, right? Shabbos, you know, you know, if there's one day of the week where where by the Baal Shem Tov it became like the center of of life at Shabbos, you know, go to the Rebbe, the Tzaddik, the Tish, it becomes like a whole, Shabbos is more than just Shabbos. So this Indian of Shabbos is a day that you're not allowed to think cheshbainas, right? So this takes on much greater meaning than just, you're not allowed to be, you know, making calculations of how much money you owe in taxes on Shabbos and stuff like that. It's much more than that. So the Toldos Yaakov is like this. 
in Iker Kavonas Hashemus, Haniskorim Bekavonas Harizal, Al Cheshboyne Kipshutai. Said the told us what the deeper meaning of that statement of Lachshu Cheshboyne's means is that we now have to rethink altogether our entire approach of the concept of Kavonas. And again, as we said, until now, the concept of Kavanas were that you go, you know, this, again, this is not recommended for people like us, but you, you can go to a storm store and buy it yourself. You get a sitter by, from the Rizal, a sitter from the Rashash, and it's all, it's all divine names. It's all shame and with gematrias and different manipulations of letters. And uh, when you say Baruch Shomar, the words Baruch Shomar could be, you know, there's divine names in the background of that, and it's being cognizant of that with gematrias. A lot of math. A lot of chashbonis. Said the this, that's not what you should be thinking about in Kavanas. It's not about lachshav chashbonis. It's not about just sophisticated mathematics and gematrias and just knowing, I don't know what this means, I don't know what this divine name is about, but just these are things that are being activated. That's not what it is. It cannot be cold and it cannot be heartless. Said the told us, Yaakov Yosef, rather, rakladavik ulakasher es atzmai sham. The purpose of Kavanas, said the told us, is not just to know what's going on in the background or to be mentally involved in that. The tachas of kavanis is, the shame of sakdashim that Rizal revealed have to be seen as a doorway, as an entranceway into the place of divinity, into that place that's called godliness. Into the place that's called godliness. See, for those that were there last week, just a little bit in parentheses for those that remember. So remember last week we talked about this, that that. that you know, the, the, the fourth dimension of the mitzvah, which was called machshava, was to be completely motivated, I'm doing this because they're abundant, because to give nachas to Hashem. And that's the category where kavanas fall in, right? Because that, that, what does it mean? What is that, what, 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 how does God get nachas from this? What does he care? So that's where kavanas come in, of knowing what the Rabbanu gets of this. And I'm, not, I'm motivated for that, not for me. We, if you remember, we explained that, that the five categories correspond to the four letters of Yud Kevavke with the Kutzah Shal Yud, right? So the, the Machshava, this category of Kavanas, of, of knowing the inner workings of Shabbos, correspond to the Yud. And the fifth category, the deepest, 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 which was Reusa Deliba, right? The joy of the heart, the Ratzin Shavalev, the instincts, the deepest part of who the Yid is, the Simcha Shal Mitzvah that you get from just, just doing, just being, being present in the mitzvah, that was the kutzah shal yud, right? That's the apex of the yud, that's the crown of the letter yud. What, that, what the Toldus Yaakov Yosef is revealing to us is the following thing, is that instead of being hyper-focused on just the kavanas and the cheshbonas, and uh, the Toldus says, no, 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 you have to rethink of that letter yud, that the main inyan is the kutzah shal yud, the main thing is reus deliva, the main thing is the rotsin, the main thing is the simcha, the main thing is the sense of devekus, the feeling, the sense of attachment that you have to that which is infinite. How do I access that place? So it's true, it's true, that if a person knows the kavanas and the shemes hakdashim, then that is a huge access point to that place that's called devekus. Because how do you know who, because the way we relate to God is through his names. That's how we relate to God. So therefore, there's no greater way to really access divinity and to really become lost in that place of elikos, the greatest way to do that is through divine names. And therefore, if I, could, if I could be sensitive to the divine names that are running throughout Baruch Shammar, 
If I could be sensitive and really be cognizant and mentally engaged in the divine names that's running throughout my Shmanasrei and running through my putting on tefillin and running through my candle lighting and so on, then that's a huge access point to Elokos. But guess what? But guess what? If I am not using the divine names and the Siddur as an access point to Dveikus, to Elokos, to divinity, and all I'm thinking about is just the gematrias and the chashbainas. And I can't tell you how many times I've had people like tell me, and I, and I, part of my, part of me, I was like holding me back from like giving them musr about this, but like they're telling me like shtiklach Torah that they have in Shmanesre, you know, this pasuk maybe corresponds to this sphere. I'm saying that's not davening. That's not, you're, you're going through chashbainas. You want to sit down and learn the sitter? Because that's not davening. Davening is about dveikus and alukus. So if a person is lachshav chashbainas, then that's not, that's not the tachlis. So again, and this is a very different, this is a very different approach and a very different tachlis. By the, pre, the old Mekubal and before the Rizal, the tachlis was not about entering into that place of infinity. That place of infinity was off limits. It's off limits. Yeah, it's the apex of the Yud, the little simcha shal mitzvah, yeah, a little feeling of being connected to something bigger than you, but yeah. It's a little bit off limits. The tachlis, therefore, the, 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 the highest level that you can reach really is the yud itself, is lachshav chishbainis, is knowing, is being mentally engaged in the divine names behind the background of the mitzvah. Why? Because now I'll know, now I'll be motivated more in a, in, in a more pure sense of why I'm doing this, and I'll actually be more, and I'm, and I'm then performing the mitzvah on deeper levels too. But the Toldos Yaakov Yosef is telling us that that's not the idea. The idea is that the, the, the Baal Shem Tov was, was Megala, that we are actually able to, to, to use the Kavanis as a vehicle to get to a deeper dimension within ourselves. And that deeper dimension of Elokos, that's called Reyusa that expresses itself deeply in Reyusa Deliba, in just, in just being, and being lost in that place. And there's no greater doorway than divine names. But guess what? If the divine names are not the doorway for you, then, the, then first of all, then don't get involved. If, if the, if, as we'll see soon, if the chashbainas are too complicated and you're not davening, you're, you're learning instead of davening, then stop. And number two, since the Baal Shem Tov came to the world, you can actually connect yourself to Elokus without the divine names. Not without the sitter, but without being cognizant of the divine names in the background. Take a look at Maramukka number four. Okay, Maramukka number four. This is now... A, a revolution that took place in Hasidus, and th- this is where people don't realize this, but the, one of the major revolutions of Hasidus is that you, do no, you no longer need to be Mekubal to experience the Vekas. You, don't no, you no longer, the, the, the top of the mountain, the Everest, is no longer the Machaven, is no longer the person with Kavanas. That's no longer the top of the Everest. The Everest now is someone that's experiencing the Vekas. That's the top of the Everest. Now it's true. If a person is able to experience Dvekas through Kavanis, that's now unbelievable because now you're experiencing Dvekas and you're experiencing it in the most, in the most um, um, fully developed way by having, by, by, by in, it, 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 it's more than just involved. This is the most, the most nuanced and most sophisticated way of becoming lost in divinity by becoming lost in divinity through the divine names. But, if, but, but it's possible without that. It's possible without that. It's, it's less nuanced without that. It's less... It's less... Um, nuanced. It's less palpable. But it's still very possible. 
Take a look at Marmokka number four. <clears throat> Marv Shemesh is in Parashas itself. Marv Shemesh was one of the great students of the Naimim Lamelech. Says, V'chein shemati me'admar harav Rabbeinu Lamelech zetzal. I heard this from the Naimim Lamelech. L'bal yachshav adam machshavos v'chashbainis kavonis hashemis. Don't busy yourself by, by, by thinking of chashbainis and the kavonis, again, during davening and during mitzvahs. Rather, what you, what you should be thinking about when you're davening, what you should be thinking about when you're doing mitzvahs is what? Is yikasher nigla vinistari, is that you should be trying to the best of your ability to connect the revealed part of who you are with the hidden part of who you are. To connect your entire soul, the ein soif baruch with the infinite one himself, and to do the best you can to be cognizant and to try to lose yourself in the mitzvah, to lose yourself in your creator. That's the idea. And the goal is to become so attached to these thoughts of divinity, to the thoughts of infinite, which we'll see soon exactly what that tastes like, what that means, but to become so connected to the pleasantness and the sweetness of that feeling of becoming lost in divinity, to the point where you don't have time to think about Cheshbainas, of divine names and Cheshbainas and Gematrias. You don't have time for it. You're so lost in, in, in Elikos. But appreciate this. Before the Baal Shem Tev, this was an impossibility. There's no such thing as becoming connected telekus to the point of, uh, of ain't safe is off limits. The best we can do is shemes haktoshim. And, and shemes haktoshim, that means that that's your way of being an active participant in what's going on in the higher world. But to, but to actually become lost in the higher world, that, 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 that you should no longer be, be here, but to be somewhere else and, and seeing the shemes haktoshim as a doorway into those places, that's a, that's a bichirish. That's a bichirish. And says what he, listen to what he says. He says, a person that's davening in such a way, then all the kavanas, all the stuff is happening anyway. But you, you hear the irony. The Leshem said, that's exactly why you want to do kavanas, because you don't want it to let it just be. You want to be the active participant. But the Baal Shanta said, active participant, let God do his thing. You want to become lost in God. You see the difference? It's a much... See, he, let, let, let's break it down like this. We know... The tachlit, let, 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 let me explain as follows. Everyone agrees, every school of Yiddishkeit will agree to one thing, authentic Yiddishkeit, halachic Yiddishkeit, that the tachlis of Avodis Hashem is to become attached to God. It's become attached to God. But we know that there's two ways to become attached to something spiritually. One way of attachment is to be similar. To be similar, right? You have to become attached to Hashem. How do you become attached to Hashem? Well, God, if I could mimic God... That's a way of becoming attached to him. The other way of attachment is not through mimicking, not through resembling, but becoming absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden I become lost in that world that's called God. Those are two ways of attachment. The, 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 before the Baal Shantav, it would seem that the predominant way of attachment that was, that was, it was the way of, of mimicking Hashem. So if I can be the more, the more God-like I can be, the more I can say that I am the creator of my own world, the more connected you are. So the more hands-on, the better, right? So I don't want to be a passive participant. The Rabbanu Shalom is not passive. The Rabbanu Shalom is the active one. He's the bayre. The Rabbanu Shalom, he's the one that decides everything. He, he doesn't react to anyone. So the, less, the more I can be like that, the more attached I am. So if I'm doing mitzvahs and I'm just doing it over here and everything else of the mitzvah is being done for me, that's less godlike. That's called being less attached. 
But the Chiddush of the Baal Shem Tev is, that's not the approach of Dveikas in davening. The approach of Dveikas, maybe that's the way in, da- in learning, but it's not the approach in davening. The approach of learning is that your attachment in, learn- in davening is coming not through becoming God-like. Your attachment in davening is coming because your mom is nothing. And you're losing yourself, and you're emptying yourself out of all power, of all sense of self, and, and opening yourself up for divine light to flow into you. That's what davening is about. And now the kavanis and the divine names are now completely reshaped and, re- and redefined as vehicles for that, as opposed to being vehicles for your actual power to, you, to wield and to, and to, and to show your, your, your godlike abilities. The kavanas are now redefined, and the shemesekdashim are redefined as things that I can nullify myself to, things that are are that I could be much more uh, cognizant of in my davening to say that I am being mavatel myself to baruch shamer. You see, this is something I've mentioned this many times, like on Shabbos or in different ways of like the way of chasidus and davening is to is to be is to nullify yourself to the davening. I gave the mashal one Shabbos morning, or let's say you're going through davening, and mamish imagine every single word of the sitter is like a mikveh, and you're just toivling. I'm just dunking myself into baruch, into ata, into Hashem. It's it's much harder to do that if you just think of the words Baruch Atah Hashem as blessed are you Hashem. If that's all the words mean, it's very hard to imagine it as something that you're losing yourself in. The Kavanis redefine and reorient ourselves towards those words Baruch Atah Hashem, that that's not blessed are you God. Baruch is a divine name. Atah is a divine name. Hashem is a divine name, obviously. And, and, and every single letter of every single word of davening is worthy of, my, of me losing myself in it. It's worthy of my hachna, of my humility, of my bittel. And, and then, so then the kavanas are now seen in that way as an entrance into that place of absolute bittel and hachna, of losing yourself, not becoming powerful. Torah maybe is about power. Torah is about coming with answers and being able to come at the end of the learning saying that I know more. And the more you know, the more godlike you are. And if you're more godlike, you're more connected to him. But that's not the way of tefillah. The way of tefillah is not to connect your... See, and this is also the difference, is that there's, there's, a, there's a side... Again, this is... To go a little, even, even deeper a little bit, this is why in Hasidus, davening is on some level greater than learning. On some level. Because God, there's a side of God which is, which is, which is a revealed side of God. A, a side of God that I can say, oh, that's God, that's something that He does. And so if I could mimic what He does, oh, that I'm in line with that side of God, that's that he does things as. But there's a side of God that's unknowable. And there's no way to mimic that. The only way to mimic the side, the only way to connect to the side of God that's unknowable is if I'm just willing to allow myself to be nothing. And I could just allow myself to be swept up in that unknowable world. But if the side of God that's knowable, then, see, if I'm, so again, this is the idea. What, I'm always trying to connect to God, but what side of God? God is one. But there's, just like with a person, there's a part of you that you're willing to share with your friends and a part of you that you're not. So what part of God are we trying to connect ourselves to? If you're trying to connect yourself to the part of God that's knowable, that's active, that's tangible, so to speak, that's, that's, uh, that's the creator, then pre-Bal Shem Kavanis make total sense. Because that's the side of God, that's the creator, that's the something, that's the revealed side of God. How do I connect to that? Well, the more I can make myself similar to that, because I could, I, could, I, could I, I, I could sort of write down a piece of paper what that God's like. And so if I could follow that pattern, if I could do what God does, then I'm similar to him. 
And so the kavanah is therefore set up in a way of showing you how, how powerful you are when you're saying Baruch Shomer, what you're accomplishing. And don't be a passive participant of Baruch Shomer. Be an active participant of Baruch Shomer. Build worlds. How are you building worlds? By saying Baruch Shomer with kavanah. You're building worlds. Which worlds are you building? Worlds in your, in, uh, those, those, those uh, spiritual worlds, you're actually building and taking an active participation in by having kavanas in Baruch Shammar. Skavaldik. So now you are becoming similar to God who also builds worlds. But the Balshantiv came to reveal, and again, this is not a, new, this is not a revelation in terms of, of intellectual revelation. This is a revelation that the, the Balshantiv came to the world to give the world access, not just to a God that's known, but to a God that's unknown. And the only way to connect to the God that's unknown is not by mimicking him. That's an impossibility. There's nothing you can do to make yourself similar to an unknowable God, to an infinite God. How could a finite person ever do anything that's similar to infinite? What you, therefore, what you have to do is switch gears. The other type of attachment. The other type of attachment is what? It's absolute bittal, nothingness. Losing yourself. Teveling in every word of davening. Teveling in a mitzvah. Being mavatl yourself to the mitzvah. Not to think of tefillin as something that you're putting on, but rather you are being worn by your tefillin. You are not lighting Shabbos candles. The Shabbos candles are lighting you. That's how a person loses oneself in mitzvahs. And that's not being similar to God. That's, that's losing yourself to God. And the kavanas, again, as I said, yeah, the kavanas then are, are, are now reoriented and redefined as extremely powerful ways of, of using the mitzvah and using the davening as a vehicle of bittel and achna. But guess what? You can do it without the kavanas too. If you're able to be sensitive enough to be machni and to be bottle and to be humble and to empty yourself of ego, then you can do without kavanas. And you could do the kavanas and be full of self at the same time. So it's no longer about the kavanas, it's about the, the ein saif that the kavanas are very powerful in bringing you to. But if the kavanas don't bring you to that place of ein saif, then don't do kavanas. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and if you could get to ein saif without it, then it's also fine. That's what the, the Marv Shemesh is saying over here. Take a look at Marv number five. <clears throat> he says like this, also from the Marv Shemesh in Parshas Ekev, Ki yesh kama v'kama anoshim shemespalim b'kavanas ha-shemesh. Said the Marv Shemesh, there's many people that daven with kavanas and sophisticated stuff, right? V'ulam b'doris ha'elu. And this is where he says, this is a, this is, this is a chiddush in our generations from the Baal Shantav, Einam It's no longer necessary. There's a huge chiddush, there's a revolution. It's no longer necessary. And I hear this also from my Rabbi, the Nehemiah Melech, Shomer. That he said about himself, the Nehemiah Melech, that he said that I do not daven with kavanas. I said the Marv Shemesh, I, he does use the Siddur of the Rizal. Because it happens to be the printing of the Siddur of the Arizal has a nice big, big Yudkei Vavkei. So it's, uh, it's nicer, it's more of a it's more inspirational. But he's not actually doing the Kavanas. That's what he says. He's not doing the Kavanas. Take a look at Marmok number six. Again, there's many Marmokamists about this, but just a little taste. This is from Mavi Sharem from uh, the Eish Kaidish in uh, one of his Svarim. He says, A chiddush that comes out of chassidus is, If you can't accomplish both, right? to have the kavanas of the mekubalim, and at the same time to have this iris and the devekas and the bittel that, co- that comes with losing yourself in elikos, then let go of the kavanas, then don't do the kavanas. This 
before the Baal Shem, that's, uh, that's, that's completely, you know, it's not, it's not true. It's not true. Kavanis is the tachlis. And if, you, and if you know, however, yes, everyone would agree that if, 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 you, if you could do kavanis with emotional excitement, this is kavaldic. Maybe, maybe next week we'll, we'll go into this more. By the Svardash of Mekubalim, you see this, that by the real, real big tzaddikim, by the Svardim, then certainly kavanis is like the apex, that's the Everest. But by the big tzaddikim, by the svardim, the kavanas were done with unbelievable emotional attachment. Uh, for example, you know, it's it's interesting by you know the, by the non svardim, whatever the the most chash of a position is Rosh Hashiva, right? That's right. But by the svardim, by the mukubalim, in the yeshivas mukubalim, the Rosh Hashiva is not the highest uh, position. The highest position was chazan. Because right? if you were the chazan, it means that you were mechaving. It means that you had to know the kavanas. That was the highest position. So one of the chazanim for the Shivat Betel, you know, like the early late 18, early 1900s, was the Baal Hasada, Chaim Shol Dweck. So he was, uh, you know, he was a big, big tzaddik. So he was the chazan. And so it's, it, it's known. It's known that people would come, especially on the Rhine, people would come just to hear his davening. He had a beautiful voice. But his kavanas, the way he davened, they 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 said that ev- that ev- it was hours, not much hours and hours and hours every single tefillah, and they said that after the shmones was over, you saw there was mamish tears on the floor, a whole like a, like a pool, whatever, like a puddle of tears because from the bechias that he had, especially by brachas that were talking about, you know, beis hamikdash and, and gula. So he was having kavanas, but he was certainly being brought to higher places. So everyone agrees that that's ideal. The question is, if you can't do both, then what do you do? So before the Baal Shem Tov, you can't do both. At least you have kavanas. Kavanas is unbelievable. At least you're being active. And, but the Baal Shem Tov, no, that's not, that's not ideal at all. It's better not to do kavanas if it takes away at all from the Hisairus and, and, and the Dveikas. It's hard to believe Rabbi Melech can do both. Well, listen, that's what he told us to see. You know, as we'll see. We'll see that there are, there are, maybe next week we'll talk about this a little bit more. I don't know, but um, there are, within Hasidus, there are subgroups, you know. So, for example, you know, the Rabbi Melech, you know, and, and many other chatseris, so they go with that approach. Forget about kavanas, just dveikas, just bittel. Like Rabbi Nachman also, there's a number of places in Rabbi Nachman's writings also that he says like this, no kavanas, no kavanas, just daven, daven with mysterious nefesh and throw yourself into the... He says the biggest kavanah when you say Baruch HaTashem is Baruch HaTashem, it's the biggest kavanah. Right? Just to lose yourself in the words, that's the biggest kavanah. That's what Rabbi Nachman used to say. Mitzat Sheni, you have the opposite extreme, which is, let's say, like Zidachov and Kamarna. Zidachov and Kamarna is like Kavanis, Kavanis, but there's a demand that you do the Kavanis with Hisairus and with Bittel and with Hachna and with Dveikus. So there's no like, if you can't do both, there's no, you can't do both. Do both. That's, that's in Zidachov and Kamarna. Well, listen, if you weren't holding, if you weren't holding, you weren't holding. But if you were holding, I, 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 with his other Marmot comments about this, by the Sephardish Mekubalim, they write this, Mefurish, that if you're holding and you don't do Kavanas, that's, you're extending Gullus. Extending Gullus. Even if he doesn't have, let's say that same person would have a better davening, just what about back So it depends who he asked. It depends who he asked. Listen, every, like, like, you know, one of the big Sephardish Mekubalim was uh, the Shem and Sassin, one of the Mefurishim on the Rashash. So he writes that the, the true definition of kavana is with hispash sagashmis. It's with hispilus and dveikus, maskim. But if you're not holding by that, okay, but at least you're doing kavanas on your level. But you've got to do kavanas if you're able to. 
what does it mean to be able to? So obviously, number one, it means that you know it. It means that you're a Yari Shemaim, you're a Chassid. Good example, the Chaim Shuldwe, the Balasad that I just mentioned a moment ago. So he, he uh, one of his Talmidim wrote the following thing, that he said, this Talmud said, that Baruch Hashem, he was like, he knows Shas and Paiskim, you know. And it didn't necessarily take such mysterious nefesh for him to know Shas and Paiskim. He's a brilliant person. But he said, but to know the Kavanis and to be worthy of Davin with Kavanis, she was Mercy Nefesh to be Zaycha to that. But he was Mercy Nefesh to be Zaycha to that. So it, it needs a lot of, inf- you need to understand a lot, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of Chesit, a lot of Avaida, a lot of Yerush Hashem, a lot of Avaida, a lot of Avaida. But you got to do it. And if, you, and if a person's holding by those things and you don't, it's terrible. But by the Balshantav, it's, it's a revolution. It's not like that at all. The, 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 the Balshantav was Megal, it was a Giloy, that the Elokus that we now have access to is the Elokus of Ein Saif. It's the Elokus, the unknown, the unknown, not the known. Not only the known, but the, the unknown. And everything we're doing is trying to get to that place. That's a, it's a huge Chiddush. Just to end off, it's already late, but just to end off with uh, a paragraph from, uh, from the Mitla Rabbis, from the, the second Lubavitcher Rebbe, See, Chabad is somewhere in between. You know, we'll, we could talk about this also. Chabad is somewhere. I mentioned you have like the Rabbi Nachman or the Melech on one side, no Kavanis at all, just Bittel and Hachna and Dveikis and Hisairus. Don't, don't bog yourself down with Lachshu Cheshbainis. And then you have the other side, Zidishav Kamarna, which is, yeah, it's all about Hisairus and Dveikis, but figure a way how to do both. Figure it out. Figure it out. Chabad is somewhere in the middle. The Baltanya wrote in a letter that uh, he said that what he recommends is a Pshara. That by there are certain key parts in davening, Yishal Kavanas, but there are Kalal just to Cyrus. But Lamashal, uh, by the first parish of Krishma, you know, have Kavanas. By the first Baruch Shmanesrei, have Kavanas. Then the rest of Shmanesrei, just to Cyrus and just to Vegas. Uh, some sort of Pshara. But this is, again, bearing that in mind, this is from the, his son, the Mitla Rebbe. So it says like this it's ve- this, is, this is very, very stark. This is one of the, the more starker. Uh, anti kavanis you're going to find by people that are, you know, complete believers in kavanis. So it's not like, you know, you'll find uh, people, naysayers, that they don't know, they're amaratsim when it comes to these inyanim. The Mithrava was not. But he says like this Loy lalas bemalis madregas kavanis vishemis vichudim. He's writing to his chasidim. Do not uh, start going into these miles and madregas of kavanis and yichudim that the mekubalim do. Kiloi chafet sashem beela. The Rabbanu does not want that. The Rabbanu Shem wants one simple kavana running throughout all of davening. To connect your soul to the essence, to the true essence of God. That's, that's what he wants. That's what he wants. And he says, for people uh, on my level, in other words, he's, he's saying, if you can do that with kavanas, this is gavaldic. But for people like me, he says, I have to... I'm obligated to say the truth as I see it. Not to trick yourself into going to big madregas, you know. And to trick yourself into convincing yourself that you're doing these uh, sophisticated kavanas, and it's not really for God. It's not really for God. Similar to the Taldis, just making cheshbonah to make your own to make yourself feel better, you know, to satisfy your own soul. That's not the way that the, uni- that the unity of God is going to reside within you. 
שהוא דווקא בכינס הביטל, the header הגושה סאסם בכל וכל כידוע. said the middle rabbi, the best way, the real vehicle through which you connect yourself to the unity of God is through is through hachna, is through bittel, through nullification, through thinking, through feeling yourself less, not feeling yourself more. So feeling yourself less. And this is known to anyone that really wants to connect to Hashem. The more low the soul is, the more empty it is, the more, the more humble. That's where the divine, the infinite light of God resides. As the Pasuk says, and Hashem says, I am exalted and I, and I dwell in a holy place. And where is that holy place that I reside in? The lowliest spirit, the one that's all the way the downtrodden. That's where I am. So said the, the, said the middle rabbi, you have to be very careful. You know, kavanas, these types of things, very often it's, it feels that you're close to God, but are you actually being close to God? The real litmus test of, of, of being close to the Rabbani Shalom, said the middle rabbi, is more hachna, more selfless, more empty, more, more nothing, more nothing. If that's... If, if if that's what uh, the kavanas are building in within you, that's gavaldik. But if it's building a sense of self, then that's shaloi l'Hashem ma'kilei chavitz Hashem ve'ila. That's not what the Rebbeinu Shlom wants. Again, this is, a, this is a, a cosmic shift, as you can tell. That's why I said in the beginning. This is a discussion that maybe is not super relevant for us because kavanas is maybe the farthest thing from you know what we were you know planning on doing anyway, but. But just to appreciate the, the, the orientation of Avodis Hashem that this particular sugya is, is changing. That Avodis Hashem is no longer about, or at least in davening in particular, in mitzvahs, is no longer about becoming similar to God and being in power from that. But it's the opposite. The more humble, the more nothing. To lose yourself in God. To enter it, to go into God's place, not the opposite. That's a huge, huge shift. And again, it, the big nafkamina is, is Kavanas, that's one of the big Nafkaminas, but, we're, but as, as we've been seeing and we'll continue to see, this has ripple effects in all other areas in Avadis Hashem of that hachno, that bittel, that humility, that nothingness, that's the, that's the goal, that's the goal, not, not the opposite, not, not yeshus, not, uh, not something, it's the opposite of something, that's the tachlis. Okay, the Rabbanu Shalom should help us, we should be like to get to that madrig of, of like a Kamar Nechassidim, of uh, Kavanas and Dveikas at the same time, ideally. Okay. So the lesson Mark is